Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the Sermon Staff. The sermon was given by Pastor Danielle on March 25th, Palm Sunday. You can find the readings for this week in the podcast description. The sound of footsteps ring through the city streets. Jerusalem was teeming with people. Shoulder to shoulder, the pilgrims streamed into the city swelling to three times its normal size as folks flocked for Passover. The smells found only in such crowds were all in attendance. The sweat of unwashed bodies, the tang of kicked up dust, the blended aromas of food wafting from vendors and human waste running in the streets. It was quite a day. The governor of Jerusalem, Pontius Pilate, had already made his grand entrance into the city as usual, riding a war horse. He commanded fear in the occupied town, and the military parade was merely a reminder to behave, a reminder as to where the real power lies. But that was about to change, or at least that is what everyone thought. There was a new Messiah coming to town. The reputation of Jesus had already spread. It's hard to keep news of a dead man walking under wraps. Jesus had just delivered the coup de grace when he raised Lazarus from the dead, and people gathered en masse to see if he could pull a trick like that off again. They had to know if it was true, and they could only believe something so strange, so impossible, if they saw it with their own eyes. If it was true, then Jesus was the Messiah, the one everyone was waiting for. The people understood the Messiah as the one who would bring about the restoration of the kingdom of David. The people thought that finally a new king would set them free of the oppressive rule of Rome. The people were struggling, their children were dying. They could not worship or live in freedom. They were a people dying a slow death under the suffocating rule of Rome. In Judea and Galilee, 98% of the population were landless peasants, with two-thirds of all agricultural wealth going to the other 2%, the elite. That Passover day when Jesus came riding into town, Jerusalem had experienced a recorded 32 political riots in five years. That would amount to six major riots in New York City every year. This is the political climate Jesus rides into. Everyone was ready for the whole thing to go up in flames at any minute. And then here comes Jesus, the spark. So they shout, they shout for Jesus, the Messiah. Hosanna, Hosanna, save us. The noise is deafening, the crowd approaching frenzy. And Jesus, in the middle of all this yelling, does not throw up his hands in triumph. He does not address the mobs with rousing rhetoric. He does not lift his weapon and demand a call to arms. Here in the middle of the madness, he rides. He rides. He rides in the face of powers and principalities to the detriment of his own life in open contradiction to the people's cry for bloodshed and Pilate's display of power. He rides. Through the gates of Jerusalem, into Parkland and Sutherland Springs, 
into Newtown and Columbine and Las Vegas. He rides into Pulse nightclub in San Bernardino and Bethel AME. He rides through Selma and into Stonewall to Standing Rock and Ferguson. He rides right into our culture of death. Jesus is coming to all the places in desperate need of him. The places that cry out, Hosanna, save us, and know what they're crying for. Know the danger and the pain of the false gods of violence, the gods that tear down and push aside, that devalue life and mock the beloved creation. Jesus rides into the violence of our communities and our lives, and he comes with more than the status quo, more than the same old broken promises and greed-driven fear. Jesus comes with God's truth, with God's justice, with God's mercy, with God's very life for you. As Pastor Brad Schmeling points out, marching for our lives is a Palm Sunday tradition since Jesus organized the first one. This is Palm Sunday. The branches we wave in the air, the cries on our lips, they are more than an acting, an event thousands of years ago. They are an acknowledgement of the daily living and dying and living again rooted in our creator, savior, and sustainer. They are an admission, an acknowledgement that the world cannot and will not continue outside of God's redemptive grace. They are a proclamation that there is more than we know and see and hear. But for a moment, for just a moment, we catch a glimpse of what could be, of what can be, of what God is working out on that ridiculous, humiliating, salvific donkey, in that ridiculous, humiliating, salvific trial on that ridiculous, humiliating, salvific cross. There is no place on this green earth that is untouched by the sun, no place that God cannot or will not enter into. And when we stand with these ridiculous, humiliating, salvific weeds in our hands, welcoming the king of the world on the back of a colt, we say, this is so. This is so. Whether we shout it like those at the beginning of the parade, still unsure what is going to unfold, or croak those whispered words as we weep at the foot of the cross. If we weave them with cries of hands up, don't shoot, or sing them in anthems that convict we shall overcome, we proclaim this is so that God is here and that the world is about to be flipped on its head, that the world needs to be flipped on its head. God, we need you to flip the world on its head. Hosanna, save us. And if only that were enough. As we all know, the story doesn't end here. If only we could just let it be enough. Why do the crowds shift from shouts of Hosanna to cries of crucify? The people wanted change and they only knew violence. And if violence was used, then violence was the most logical tool of liberation. They were looking for a war hero. 
That is the liberating hope they put on Jesus' shoulders. But Jesus, following God's vision, knew a greater hope, a greater peace. Jesus resisted any attempt to make his message or ministry a handmaiden to the culture, to the government, or any other religious group. He refused to use the tools of empire, the tools of oppression, to do what, what people expected. Because what people expected was narrow. And what God imagines is unlimited. And if we're honest with ourselves, and really honest, with each heartbreak, each gunshot, each overwhelming loss, it can feel like the ways of God, the ways of love, are not fast enough that we need action, that we need to adapt and adopt the world order to overcome it, to become it. No one wants to feel powerless. No one wants to be out of control. No one wants to bet on the wrong donkey. Yes, we cry Hosanna, but we must be honest about the seditious thoughts of crucify that wander through our minds. Anything to stop the suffering. And in our short-sightedness, we take the known lies over the unknown truth. In their impatience, in our impatience, in our commitment to what is rather than what could be, we miss the peace God is offering. We miss the other way. Even the best of us are capable of evil. And a lot of evil has been done with the best of intentions. All of us are capable of being both the oppressed and the oppressor. And so Jesus comes along ready to do away with the tools of oppression altogether. You see, Jesus' willingness to face death is not arbitrary. God is willing to die for us, to bear our sins in this particular way, in this particular place, because whether we are currently oppressed or oppressor, all of us need the type of liberation that only God can provide. This isn't about feeding a broken system that demands blood for power. God is not about making more victims for some ultimate payoff. Jesus' proclamation of forgiveness, mercy, and love up to and through Jesus' death, a death orchestrated by human hands and redeemed by God through his resurrection, continues to point out the ways God shows us in the face of what is, what can be. To pull us back from the brink again and again with a greater vision, with a greater hope. Despair and hope. They travel the road to Jerusalem together. They travel every road we take. Despair in the narrow possibilities to which we resign ourselves and hope in the possibility of something greater. Hosanna and crucify. And, and in the midst of it all, Jesus still rides on leading us in our weeping, magnifying our cries for justice, confronting hatred with love and what is with what could be, Jesus still rides on and invites us with broken hosannas on our lips and dirty palms uplifted in our fractured and fortified faith 
Jesus invites us to travel with him. Back into the very streets where we met him with glory, laud, and honor. To march, to sing, to pray, to love, to meet violence with peace, to bring hope to despair, and meet oppression with justice. With God. And so that's where we are. Bound together on this complex journey, this journey that at times is hard, but is far from over. Not by a long shot. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. Services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 1230 in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.